Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Last Factor Podcast. What is up? college lacrosse fans you are watching episode number 72 of the lax factor podcast this is part two of our college lacrosse weekend recap show today we're going to get to some quick news about duke's joe robertson we're going to talk about high point and maryland we're going to talk about lafayette penn state we're going to talk about quinnipack and rutgers and we're going to talk about the marquette and cleveland state game that went into overtime Uh, But before I get into all of that, as always, be sure to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, and also best way that you can help us out, just smash that like button blindly. Easy thing to do. Share the podcast on any social media platform that you use. And as always, be sure to go to laxfactor.com where you can get yourself some hats, shirts, mugs, t-shirts, whatever. Uh, You can get all sorts of other things to help support the channel uh, through there as well. Uh, First, some quick news. It was just announced. I saw on Inside Lacrosse that Duke's Joe Robertson is going to miss the 2020 season with a torn ACL. So that would explain where Joe Robertson was on Saturday in Duke's loss to Air Force. So that is really bad news for Duke, really bad news for uh, Joe Robertson. And I wish uh, him and his teammates the best of luck moving forward. But more specifically, I wish Joe good luck moving forward. That's terrible news. Now, uh, let's get right into our the, the, ne- the Big Ten games that we wanted to talk about. High Point and Maryland. It was one of the games that I picked for my upset alert. And for a while, High Point gave them a, gave Maryland a pretty good run. Uh, what I one thing I really liked about Maryland is Maryland got a lot of guys involved early. The opposite of what Penn State did, which is uh, something that we'll talk about here in a little bit. But Maryland, it was one of the most freewheeling Maryland offenses that I've ever seen. Uh, the Terps are typically pretty deliberate. I mean, they they'll put up goals and they can score goals in bunches, but they're typically pretty deliberate, careful with the ball. Uh, they're not like this big run and gun team where everybody has the green light and and right off the bat. Roman Pagliese, he scores a goal early, so apparently he now has the green light, and and it just continued early in the Maryland game as they were actually, you know, kind of, you know, they got they went up three nothing. High Point scores three in a row, so it's three three. So as they were kind of going back and forth with High Point in the first half, and it was still a close game, it was just a random cast of characters for Maryland that were scoring goals and putting up points, and I liked that. A lot of guys got involved, a lot of guys got burned, and a lot of guys put up points. So that's always going to be good because you're developing other players onto your roster uh, into becoming scorers. Now, Brandau, the transfer goalie from Georgetown, he came up strong. He came, he came up big early for Maryland was probably one of the reasons that Maryland wasn't getting their butts whooped by halftime of this game, because he made a couple of early saves to allow Maryland to get that three nothing lead. And then as high point kind of started chipping in, tied it up. And then high point at one point uh, had taken a lead also, uh, he, you know, he was just making saves where he needed to be. My worry would have been last year, 
maybe he doesn't make those saves, or they, they don't have a keeper that makes some of the saves that he did early, and Maryland, you know, goes down at the half by three to five goals even. It, it, he, he was key even where he got streaky in that first half. He was still key, and he made some really big saves, a couple of saves that he didn't necessarily even uh, – that you wouldn't have expected him to make uh, to help Maryland keep pace in that first half and then to, to keep their lead. Uh, they had a great game plan. Maryland did for Asher Nolting. They held Nolting to a one goal and three assists. They beat him up. They double teamed the crap out of him. I think Nolting held the ball too much. I think instead of letting the game come to him at times where he still had three assists and he had those assists early and then he scored that goal a little bit later. Um, but I still think he forced it a little bit, put himself in some bad situations. He turned the ball over quite a bit again, uh, partly out of frustration, out of trying to make too much happen. So Maryland had a great game plan against him. Um, ben Baker, he looked good for high point. He, he, he only went for two goals and one assist, but he looked good carrying. Uh, and, and Ben Baker someone that, that high point's going to need to play big, especially as teams start to key on Asher Nolting. So that'll be important. Uh, as the scores were going back and forth, the the usual suspects for Maryland were quiet early, but once Maryland, uh, I think it was like the six five range or five five range, Wisnowski started to pick it up a little bit. So as as High Point and Maryland started going back and forth, you know five five six five Maryland six six seven six Maryland, it was Wisnowski that was kind of chipping in and picking it up at that point and scoring some goals, transition goals, broken play situation goals. And as as they started to actually pull away, and Wisnowski, he finished the game with six goals and a helper. And then as they started to pull away, it was both you know Wisnowski and Bernhardt that had picked it up. Bernhardt finished the game with four goals and one assist. Bubba Fairman had a big day feeding. He went uh, for one goal and five helpers. Fairman did. And then another kid I liked for high point. Uh, Tyler Hendricks, the freshman, number 44, he had a great game, three goals and a helper. So a, a lot of surprises in the game. I was I was not the least bit surprised that High Point was able to hang. I was surprised that Maryland, over the course of the fourth quarter, just put them put a murking on them uh, to to spread that lead out 23 to 12. I was surprised that Maryland ended up, you know, just pumping goals in over the fourth and uh, take that uh, that nine, well, 11. Yeah, 11 goal, 11 goal win. So Maryland, though, more importantly, and one of the big takeaways from this game was Maryland's Maryland's offense. It seems like they're trying to open it up, open it up on purpose. And I wonder how much of that is uh, to try to keep uh, pace with Penn State. They know they're going to have to be able to score goals. They know that offense is going to have to be a finely tuned machine. And it looked like they're going to be working towards that in 2020. So Maryland adopted to to play really aggressively offensively against High Point and I hope they continue that because it will help them I think uh, against uh, Penn State. And I don't have the exact stat in front of me. I think Shockey was like 15 to 26 or something like that from the faceoff uh, X. He'll have to be better than that or faceoff dot now. He'll have to be better than that uh, to handle Gerard Arceri. That's going to be important is how can Shockey and the Maryland faceoff units, how can they do against uh, Gerard Arceri when it comes down to playing Penn State? The next game, and this was my bloodbath game that I had picked. I had picked uh, Penn State to just beat bloody uh, Lafayette. Uh, Penn State hosted Lafayette. Final score, 16-9. Not the bloodbath that I thought it was going to be. Right off the bat, one of the things I noticed was they were feeding the beast as it pertains to Grant Amet. And I don't have a highlight to really show it, but every possession, Amet got the ball. Amet went to the rack. And yes, he's their best player. Yes, he's 
possibly the best player in the country or one of the best players in the country. But I felt like they were feeding him the ball and having him get looks early to the detriment of the rest of the team. And when you look at the stat line, that you know that that's really what happened. Um, in the end, Amet and O'Keefe, they feasted. They both put up a ton of points, but they did so at, at kind of the cost of getting other people involved. Now, I think O'Keefe, I think the way he plays and being that he's an off-ball attackman, I, I think he's always kind of forced to let the game come to him. Amet, not so much. I mean, he took a lot of shots. He he just carried the ball a lot. Granted, yes, he ended up with, what did I tell you, uh, six assists on the day. He went six and four, six goals, four assists for Amet. And uh, O'Keefe went for six goals and one assist. But they did that at the cost, you know, Amen especially did that at the cost of some of these other guys. Trainer, two goals. Dylan Folds, one goal, one assist. Listen, I, I'm tough on Amet, and I'm tough on that Penn State scheme. But I, it, you just get the feeling sometimes that there isn't an, an almost a concerted effort to inflate these numbers, and it, I, it felt that way in this game because yes, other guys got chances and they didn't finish, but not everybody got into a flow, especially over the course of that first quarter. Amet definitely ate the bulk of those possessions, and then where other guys got the ball, they were they kind you could tell guys were kind of forcing it, guys were trying to go to the rack a little bit too hard, risking double teams a little bit too much, and and then. As for the the why did it not end up being the bloodbath that we thought it was going to be was, you know, pretty much Penn State played everybody. You know, the, what I was told was they pretty much got everybody off the bench. You could see at one point they were up 15 to four by the end of the third quarter. So the bloodbath and the route was on. And then they gave up five goals over the fourth and only scored one. So they emptied the bench, got people in, didn't beat Lafayette probably nearly as badly as they could have. But hey, hats off to Lafayette for making that a, you know, making it reasonable in the end and for not giving up and folding. Arseri, 19 of 21 from the faceoff dot. So that is really tough. Um, he, you know, Arseri is, is needs to be the second best faceoff guy in the country, uh, so that Penn State can, you know, hopefully get over that hurdle of Yale if they do end up meeting again in the play, uh, playoffs. And Arseri proved today or Saturday at least that he was up to the task, going 19 of 21. So that was a big deal. We move on to Quinnipiac Rutgers. Rutgers hosted Quinnipiac and uh, Rutgers beats them up 20 to nine. Way too much Kieran Mullins and Ryan Gallagher. Mullins goes for two goals, five assists. Gallagher for four goals. David Sprock put up a hat trick for Rutgers. Steven Russo, Cleveland State transfer in cage, 12 saves versus nine goals against for Rutgers also. Lloyd Palmer, 16 of 26 from the faceoff dot. Will Abbott for Quinnipiac. He goes uh, for four goals on the day. So Rutgers handled their business. And once again, here's another Big Ten team that needs to be able to put up points, that needs to have a free wheeling offense, and hey, they put up 20. So teams are going to have to outscore Penn State quite often, I think, this season. And you you saw Maryland and Rutgers both put up 20 goals. So that's a good sign for some of those Big Ten teams. We get into Marquette, 11, Cleveland State, 10 in overtime. Marquette beats Cleveland State in OT. Marquette, uh, they trailed 6-3 at the half, but they chipped away at that lead, got back even again. Then they kind of went back and forth throughout the rest of the game. Marquette took their first lead of the game with 6.09 left in the fourth quarter. They trade goals, ends up forcing a 10-10 tie. Chris Kirshner 
He scores the game winner with about a minute and a, about a minute and a half into OT, unassisted for Marquette, and then Devin Cohen, Marquette, he uh, goes for three goals, two assists on the day. So that ended up being a hell of a game. I'd thought that some of these mid mid level team games uh, were going to end up being good, knowing that Cleveland State and Marquette were fairly closely matched. I can't remember what I picked and uh, who who I'd picked in that game. I may. I think I picked Cleveland State. I think I did. I'm, I'm pretty bad at picking games. I mean, obviously, anyone can pick some of these easy ones where you know who's going to win. But for the most part, I do not do a a great job picking games. So there was more games that we were going to talk about. I'm not going to really get into the D2 because the you know the games that we talked about for that were pretty pretty rough. Next week we'll we'll probably do a lot more D2 and D3 at the end of each show. We'll probably continue to break the show up into two parts, like we did. This week, simply, it'll allow us to kind of do a slightly better job for the two main games each week, that, or the four main games that we want to cover each week. So we'll probably do two games every week with highlights at the front end of the show uh, the, on Monday, two games with highlights at the front end of the show on Tuesday, and then we'll talk about a boatload of lacrosse at the back end. But terrible news, uh, as we said, about Joe Robertson. It's going to miss 2020 with a torn ACL. So that that's not what we wanted to hear. That's not what Duke fans or Duke uh, wanted to hear either. So we wish him... The best of luck. As always, be sure to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell so that you're notified when we put out more videos. You can also go to laxfactor.com. You can get swag, hats, t-shirts. We have mugs. We have all sorts of stuff there. You can support us that way. Just watch our videos there. Easiest way to help us, though, just smash that like button. That would be awesome. We are going to be back tomorrow. Yeah, again, another video tomorrow, Wednesday. You're watching this on Tuesday, most likely. So Wednesday, we're going to put up uh, some of the highlights from the Yale Syracuse scrimmage up at Ensley Athletic Complex in Syracuse that was uh, on Sunday that I, I attended. Got a couple interviews from players. I talked to Nick Mellon and Griffin Cook uh, for that. So that'll be out Wednesday. And then make, make sure you come back Thursday because we have our weekend, our second of the season. Uh, we have our weekend preview show for College Across, where we're going to rip through all of the games that are coming up in week one, because this past week here that we just played was week zero. So as always, thank you for watching. Enjoy. Enjoy.